How's it? Jazz, go one and one over the weekend. Takeaways from that. Best shots and Neil Everett, Sports Center, ESPN, and Blazers TV. Newly minted as the pre half and post game host for road games. Neil Everett joins the program, and Neil will bring a lot of eccentricity, and he's a cool guy talking about cool things. This is Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Keep it brief since there's just one game this week. I want to get into more quarter season takeaways on Friday as you look at how the team has played. But, you know, take it with a grain of salt because Rudy Gay has only played six games. So the huge sample size of him being inserted in the lineup isn't there as opposed to the larger team having played 20 games. But it is a quarter season, and there are things to take away. Let's start with the weekend because as confounding as Friday felt, Saturday is the team that the Jazz and coming into the season was expected against a team like New Orleans that isn't good. They don't even make it competitive Saturday. And I was impressed by the way that they fought. It's clear that they haven't given up on Willie Green. They're still trying to go out there and play as well as they can. They don't have Zion, so it's it's difficult to get into great offense when you have your best offensive player on the bench watching. But they tried, and they tried things defensively, and I was impressed with how they fought. Willie Green still has that locker room. But I found Friday fascinating in listening to the way that it was talked about, how Donovan, in a moment of honesty, he was asked by someone in the press room, I think it was Tony Jones of The Athletic, had they put together a full 48 minutes. And this might have been feeling bad about the loss, but he said that they really haven't. And it has gone with much of what we talked about this year. It was a moment of self-awareness. Self-awareness, great trait to have, one of the best traits to have, especially when you think of yourself as, hey, maybe I shouldn't sing Honesty by Billy Joel at my birthday party. That's a good move. Self-awareness can help you a lot. But saying that they hadn't really put together a full 48, the one they did point to was against Atlanta, and the Atlanta at home game might be the closest to being a full game where it looked nice and it looked like Saturday. But even I don't think that that was the case. It's gone along with the discussion about the offense, how even according to Clean Glass, it's the number one rated offense in the entire league. Has it felt that way? Quinn even brought it up. People know what jazz basketball looks like. And there are times where it hasn't looked like jazz basketball. So that self-awareness to know that they haven't put together a full 48, and yet they are still at this point where they have the third best record in the Western Conference. And still they have an offense that works because they go to line, the free throws help that efficiency, and they're shooting a ton of threes. And they still realize it. They still realize there's a level to go up. Because you look at Phoenix and Golden State, who are playing each other this week, they're playing at high levels. Phoenix on that 16-game winning streak, the Warriors, who have a top-five offense and the best defense in the league. So, where can the Jazz get good shots? It's Boyan, it's Jordan, it's Joe. They were the guys that put me on to looking up this and seeing where 
they were in terms of shooting their threes, and they keyed in on early shot clock threes. And we're talking early shot clock. We're talking about 18 to 22 left, those attempts. Because you can track this on NBA.com, their stats site. So I looked it up. Where are they in that period shooting threes? Well, they're shooting 43.5% on 6.2 attempts. And when you look at the rest of the shot clock, whether it's 15 to 7, 7 to 4, 4 to 0, those percentages go down. I'm pretty sure very late in the shot clock, they're around 20. So it plummets. And as far as the way that they're shooting, they're shooting the third best in that percentage, and they're shooting the fourth most in that 18 to 22 range. So what does that say? I think it goes to what Joe, Jordan, and Boyan are talking about, where that first shot that they get, that might be the best shot in the possession. And as watchers, we start to retool and rethink the way that we see those early shot clock threes that maybe they're good shots. They're not wasted possessions. They're not somebody being selfish. Sometimes, as Quinn has put it, it's selfish not to take the shot. When they're playing advantage basketball and they've got Donovan in the pick and roll at the top, shooters spread out to the corners, sometimes that first read that Donovan makes on that pass over to Clarkson in the corner, he needs to put that up, and that's their best shot that they're going to get on that possession. When they get into that overpassing or overcorrecting themselves, trying to do too much, that's when it leads to not being the best offense and when it feels not as good as the numbers reflect. So that leads me to passing, which if you're looking at the way that the Jazz have played this year, they aren't at the number of passes that they have in previous years, but the ball's still moving. Andy, over the Tribune, he asked Taylor Jenkins that. Very same question. And Jenkins said they're still a ball movement team, which matches the eye test, because sometimes they could get into that over-ball movement mode. Well, the Blazers, who they're taking on tonight, Chauncey Billups in his first year has tweaked a little bit on their offense. Last year, they were far and away the least passing team in the league. They were at 244 passes per game, now 269. And while it made sense last year not to pass as much, you have Damon CJ, you have isolation players, you can go at it that way. Still good offense. This year, a lot of the bench contributors are doing a lot. Anthony Simons is a good shooter. Nas Little has developed his shooting stroke. And I like their overall bench contributions in the way that they play. The only thing that's been missing is Dame. Career low percentages from three. He's not scoring as much as he has in previous years. He's going through a slump. And in watching Golden State Portland last time out, Draymond was guarding him, and he was suffocating what Dame was trying to do. They had difficulties getting into their offense because Golden State's playing at such a high level. And when Dre takes Dame for chunks of the game, can eliminate best offensive player. If you're looking at how high the Jazz need to go in terms of the way that they're playing, still third record in the West, the way Golden State and Phoenix are playing will offer that. And you have two opportunities to watch them Tuesday and Friday, playing twice in this week. I can't wait to watch that because I caught Net Suns yesterday, but they played Saturday, I'm pretty sure. And Phoenix looks like a terror. They're turning people over in droves. 
they had double-digit turnovers on the Nets in the first half, and they were getting out in transition. Mikhail Bridges ends up with seven steals. He is disgusting defending the ball, enforcing turnovers, not even on his guy. He came in on a reach on Durant at the perfect time, and he swats it down, leads to a Cam Johnson dunk. They are like the anti-Jazz. The Jazz, they don't force turnovers defensively. They can defend in the half court. They have Rudy Gobert, the best defensive player in the league, defense unto himself, and they can play in the half court. Phoenix relies on those turnovers. And when they get that, they can get into those easy buckets and they have a perfect point guard to lead a break in Chris Paul. And it's just impressive to see them do it again this year. I wasn't the biggest buyer on Phoenix last year. And although I trusted them heading into this season, I didn't know that they would be running on this cylinder this early. So there's good basketball being played. And if you're looking at the Jazz, they can still take it one more level, and they probably ought to take it another level. Podcast brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanatics.com slash jazzgameused. That's fanatics.com slash jazzgameused. I'm excited for that basketball. Not only tonight, but that league stuff. When you see Phoenix and Golden State on the schedule, two heavyweights playing great right now, I will be tuning in on Tuesday and Friday as well as checking out the Jazz tonight against the Blazers and then Friday against the Celtics with a lot of breaks in between, which is good for Mike Conley. He played the back-to-back against the Pelicans Saturday, do a little bit out of necessity with Royce O'Neal going down. He'll be back, not a serious injury, but with him out, you need more people to step up, and Mike Conley was willing to, to do that. Not having the travel impacted him playing the back-to-back But having days off at home will certainly help everyone catch a breather. Everybody calm down. Everybody jump on the chill wagon for three days. But bookend it with games on Monday and Friday. Start and end of the work week. Our next guest is working tonight, Neil Everett. He's hopping on a plane to Portland from L.A., Sports Center anchor, one of my favorites, growing up catching... The late SC with him and Stan Verrett. So creative, so eccentric, so willing to put in a Lebowski reference. Neil Everett had a lot to say, and he had a lot to say about Alema Harrington, jazz pre-half and post-host. They worked together in Hawaii. So you want to stick around for the Hawaii stories as well as the basketball conversation up top. Please enjoy legendary Sports Center anchor Neil Everett on Round Ball Roundup. Oh, I know. We got that going, too. Blazers and then the Pac-12 championship game. Oh, and I've got to work on Friday. I forgot to take it off. I'm usually pretty good at looking ahead into the uh, onto the calendar, and I never took Friday off. And my wife last night was like, you got to get that off. And I'm like, you know what? I can't ask somebody to work that just so I can go, you know, have a hopefully have a good time and... See if Oregon, what, what Oregon's got in the tank the second time against you. Sometimes, 
Sometimes, JP, you just feel it's a, it's a team's destiny. That's how it feels for the Utes a little bit with everything that they've gone through. And that guy's a good coach, man. And he's been there a while. I mean, guy, I think he's been there since Urban Meyer left, hasn't he? He's been there before with Ron McBride. Oh, Ron McBride. There's a legend. I'm on the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame committee with Ron McBride. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what what I mean, you know, when when you get Ron McBride on the phone, you don't have to even guess. You go, so you were a coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can just tell. You can tell. So that's that's a, that's we got that coming up. And then we got the, you know, we got the big game against the Jazz, man. How are you feeling headed to the Ducks game? I'm a nervous wreck every Ducks game. It just, I mean, it's like I need to find a new hobby because it's just I am wiped out, win or lose. Uh, I'm just three and a half, four and a half hours, however long those games take. I'm just like sitting there like this. I mean, that was the one good thing about the the last Utah game. It was over. It was, and I think it was over before the kid ran the punt back. But if you had any thoughts that it wasn't over, it was like, uh, put that in your pipe. It's over. Uh, so, so from that standpoint, I was able just to like, okay, I don't have to sweat this one out. Where like Stanford was like, oh my God, we're going to give this away. Oh my gosh. We just gave that game away. And, and I'm, and I'm a basket case. So that's, that, that's how I feel about Oregon. Well, how are you feeling about the Blazers? Because I, I was reading in the lead up to getting the gig, you were feeling nervous. There were nerves in being a local kid who is now going to be hosting the television product for the team. Well, you, listen, you know, because I think there's a lot of similarities uh, and it is, you know, the Blazers, the only t- game in town, you know, who the jazz the jazz don't, you know, I mean, the jazz have BYU. I mean, our Utah has BYU, excuse me. And they have the university and Oregon's got the trailblazers and they've got Oregon and Oregon state. You know what I mean? It's there's no NFL team. There's no major league baseball team. Um, so then there's no hockey, you know, at the, at the, at the highest level. So I think there's probably similarities in that, that the jazz are to salt Lake, like the blazers are to Portland. They're such an important part of the, of the, the, the fabric of the, the fiber or whatever the right word is of the community. You know, they are, you know, it's how, how the team goes is kind of how the population goes. Like we're winning, we're winners, we're losers, you know? So, uh yeah so i was totally nervous because i didn't want to screw this up man and i and i don't want people to think oh i'm some bandwagon dude who just hopped up from la to to talk about the blazers because they gave me the gig because i was on espn and it's like well yeah that helped but i mean i grew up a blazers fan and and i'm still seeing towards it coming down the court with a little drop pass for bill walton who comes and throws it down and throw it down and uh, yeah, so I'm 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 totally in the Blazers, and I totally was so nervous. I've done four I've done four show I've done four games so far. I'm 0 and 4. That's not a good sign. Uh, of course, the team I only do away games. The team's yeah. only won one game on the road, and I and and that wasn't one of my games. So uh, hopefully, we get another one. I need to get a W, man. I was just about to say you're only doing road games, and they're one and nine on the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What has been the difference between the way that they've played at home to the way that they played on the road? Well, you know, I'm, I'm only watching the, the, the sample size of a home and away. I'm only watching it through the television. So um, to me, let, well, first of all, like Salt Lake, Portland is a huge home court advantage. 
I mean, the people are into it. They've been into it forever. So I think that has something to do with it. Get your juices going. And uh, Portland just hasn't guarded the three as well, or opponents have shot the three a heck of a lot better on their home court, which is what you would think would happen because, you know, that's your, that's your home basket. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't do the Sacramento game the other night from what I read and, and, and what I looked at, you know, I, I, you know, I follow the play by play. Now this is where I'm at. I'm following like, like written play by Lillard, 23 foot shot. Okay. You know, I mean, I like, this is what it's come down to. Cause I, I don't have, I don't get the blazer games on, you know, on route on, on FUBU or on, I think is what they're on. And I don't have that. Uh, when I'm at work, I can pull in any game. So I, I, I just think, you know, I, I think there's a routine that you've got to get down on the road. And when you've got a new coach, maybe you've got a new routine, you know, they, they shouldn't be one in nine, but you, yeah, listen, it's hard to win in the NBA on the road, but you know, they, they probably let a couple of those get away from them and they'll figure it out and get it going. Plus Dame wasn't shooting the ball very well at the beginning of the year. So that cost them uh, as well. What's been going on with that? Because this team goes as far as Dame carries them. He's been so, so dependable for so long, a little bit of a slow start to the year. Yeah. Well, I think he's come on lately from what I've seen, you know, he hasn't shot the ball. Well, how much of that is this new basketball they're talking about? Because they I've seen, I've seen some numbers that they put out there on some of the shooters. Although every time I look at Steph Curry, he appears to be dropping in, you know, 50 and having no problem with it. So I want, I, 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 that was a late, uh, a late idea to the party was the ball. I think it's just that Dame, Dame's routine was thrown out of whack during this off season when he did the Olympics and when he had a child, you know, you know, had it, you know, uh, boy or girl, I can't remember, but, you know, and I think he might've gotten married too. So, or, you know, I mean, he had a lot going on and, and, and a guy like that, I imagine, is a very A to B, B to C, C to D guy when it comes for his preparation. So, I'm, I, you know, I think it's, I, you know, he's like the little train that can, though. He's starting to, it's starting to come. And when it gets going, woo, watch out. Well, there's a lot of admiration from jazz fans because he played here at Weber up in yeah. Ogden. So that everybody, everybody likes Dame and has confidence that eventually it'll turn around. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope so for Portland fans. I hope so for Dame because he's, listen, he's been a great ambassador for all things Portland. I think he's, you know, that's the thing when I went up there, JP, and I met this crew and everybody said, Damian Lillard's the most honest, straightforward shooting uh, player. You know, he doesn't hide behind anything. He tells you what he thinks and he's, he's as real as the day is long. So, uh, you know, I, I certainly appreciate all he's done from Portland being a, being, being Portland born. How have you seen the differences in the way that you're anchoring Sports Center and then now hosting Blazers TV pre half and post? What are, what are the differences in those two gigs, or how, yeah. how how has one affected the other? Both. I mean, how how has one affected the other? Are you more of an NBA fan? Are you watching preseason hoops? How deep are you getting into this? I did watch the first preseason game I've ever watched in my life once I got the gig. I watched the Blazers preseason game. I'm like, I am committed. Or there maybe you I go. Should be, I should be committed. Um, yeah, you know, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm more of a college sports fan, college ba- basketball and college football. 
but again, the NBA, my, my stepdad was a basketball coach. So I'm, yeah, I have, I have good familiarity with basketball as a whole. I, I, I know, I know a one, three, one, when I see it, I know a two, three, I, I know a half court trap. I know a full court press. I know what double dribble is. I'm still trying to figure out what icing is in hockey. And I've been doing it for 21 years. So, so to that, to that point, it, it's different in because it's sports center. First of all, I've been doing sports center for 21 years. So you do anything that long, you got a pretty good grip. You better have a good grasp of it. So I've got a pretty good grasp of that. And the thing about sports center is who knows what we're talking about. I could be talking about UFC. I could be talking about soccer. I could be talking about the NBA college, boom, boom, PEDs, coronavirus, you know, all these things, I, all those things with this job with, with the Blazers, it's one, I'm focused on one thing. So when I, when I was talking with the Blazers about this job, I said, you know, listen, this is a new kind of gig for me. I've not hosted like this. I've done a little bit of, um, of round, you know, round talk, round table talks with, with, with athletes and, and that type of thing, but, but nothing like this. And, and, you know, it's, a, you know, you know, it's, it's 23 minutes that first half hour, you know, minus the commercials. I mean, it goes like, like that. I'm like, Whoa, you know, I mean, the first, the, the first show I did, I was just so green. I was so happy to be there. I was like the, like, you know, just like, Hey, how great is this? And then the second time I completely overthought it and I, and I kicked it, the team got beat by 30 and I got beat by 40. Um, and, and that, and, and that plays into the second part of your question. What I learned from that JP was I had done sports center the night before. So I'd gotten home at like one in the morning I had forced myself to try and fall asleep by two. My alarm was set for 6 a.m. because I needed to be out the house at 7 a.m. I needed to be the airport two hours before my flight. I flew up, I went to my hotel. I had about two hour turnaround where I did my notes and all that. And then I went over to do the show and I was God awful. I mean, I couldn't, one, one I was having IFB problems and you know, that's, that, that will doom you. That will doom you when the when your producer's talking to you and you're like, I got no idea what he's saying. You know, go to break. You know, uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't even know. You start like producing live on television. All right, we're going to go to break right now. We're going to talk about Nurkic. Yeah, we're going to talk about Nurkic when we come back because he's going Nurkic, Nurkic in my ear. Uh, but I was horrible. Oh, my God. It took me so. And fortunately, we had a game the next day. So I was able to come back and I crushed it the next day. But I still think about how bad I was in that second game. And I actually thought that uh, the Blazers might dismiss me after the second game. I was, I was so disappointed in my performance. And my wife kind of gave me a little perspective. She said, hey, listen, you know, you, they understand that this is something new to you. And they also understand that, you, you know, you're a professional. You've been doing this for a long time and, and, and you'll get it right. And you'll get into a groove. And, and so the last game, the fourth game, I think I was really in a groove. The problem is that was like two weeks ago. Right. You know, so, so like anything, you know, JP, you got to get reps, you got to get reps. And so it's like, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to doing this, this game on Monday. Uh, but I haven't done a game for two weeks and then I don't do a game for another two weeks. So, uh, but there's a week in January where like I go 17, 19, 21. And I'm like, okay, now I'm getting three games in one week. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Cause I think I'll get on a roll, but the, the crew in Portland has been great. And Michael Holton is great. And, uh, um, and Lamar, you know, Lamar and Calabro are solid, solid. And uh, so, yeah, we, we got a good broadcast team. So I'm very, very fortunate. That was a super long answer to your question. It happens. It happens. Sometimes you aren't you aren't as good as you think that you should be 
when oh. you're when you're doing something and and you feel feel bad about it because you hold yourself to a high standard. Yeah. Oh, and I if I ever watch it, like I I never come home and go, oh, I'm living and watch myself on Sports Center. When I have, I'm like, God, I suck. Oh, right. How many, how many times can you go, uh, 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 uh? You know, I'm like, oh, get me off the television. But apparently, I must be doing something right because they've kept me on. So, and they keep on doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing that they they continue <laughs> to do that. Where did the love affair with the NBA start? You mentioned your stepfather as somebody that that brought yeah. it. Were you, do you reach back to '77 reading breaks oh, of the yeah. game? Oh no, I was there in '77. 15 my dad my my real dad lived in portland and uh he had a third of a season tickets to the blazer games so whenever we'd come down he'd take me to a game and I, you know i'm 15 years old and i'm seeing this dude with red hair and this beard and long hair and i'm seeing this dude and i'm like i like that guy who is he bill walton oh the guy from ucla you know you know, back then there were only three TV channels. So it wasn't like you were all dialed in on all these players. You know, I knew who Dr. J was, but, you know, I didn't know who Mo Cheeks was, you know, until I saw, saw an NBA game. Um, so, yeah, that's it. It actually started with my stepdad. He he was a high school basketball coach and he would uh, also coach camps. And he used to coach at the Lenny Wilkins, John Tresvent basketball camp in Snohomish Washington and so we'd come over from Spokane make the five-hour drive and we'd spend a week at this camp and, and Lenny Wilkins and John, John Tresvent both played for the Supersonics and then we get the Sonics usually one preseason game in Spokane and we would go to that and uh so so and then and then when I go go see my real dad in Portland I get the Blazers so I had the best of both worlds man with with the Sonics and the Trailblazers and they both won titles in what was it 77 and 79 going off memory which is a little dicey uh but so you know I both live, live living high on the hog with both those teams but yeah I was really you know I was really into Jack Ramsey just the way he the way he you know the way he it was like he was looking for prey on the sidelines that he had that just that stomp and that those outfits and oh I love I you know, I, I, I love the Sonics, but I had a love. I loved the Blazers. Like I can remember all the Blazers, Seattle. I can kind of remember, but yeah, that that's where it started. So that was, you know, in the mid seventies, man, before you were born, bro. It is way before <laughs> I, I was born, not to make you feel old, but I read the book. I read breaks of the game and Dr. Okay. Jack d does stand out as yeah. An intense person, kind of like Quincy. Stalking the sidelines. That's the word I'm looking for. Stalking, because that's how he that's how he he looked almost like a, a cartoon character. I wrote down one of the quotes. It says he was so busy that he didn't have time for rain during the basketball season. <laughs> that's a good line. That's an intense coach if I've ever met one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you one time it was funny. Um I was given a I was going to a Blazer game as a kid. Now this now at this time I'm probably 20 and and dr jack was was the coach because my friend was uh, my my friend is roman mccloskey his dad was jack mccloskey jack mccloskey the and jack had, jack had been at portland before jack ramsey and then matriculated to the pistons where he did some nice things with the with the with the detroit organization and so roman says hey you want to go to this game i got tickets but we have to pick up jack ramsey's wife and his daughter-in-law and i'm driving a volkswagen 412 
which probably smells like a, an old can of Rainier beer inside. And and I got we got to stop and pick up Dr. Jack's wife. She sat here. Roman sat in the back with Dr. Jack's daughter-in-law, and I drove Dr. Jack's wife to a Blazer game one time as a 20-year-old kid, which probably a lot of people can't say they did that. Wow. Is she as <laughs> intense as Jack? No, no. Okay. She was, no, she was she was we were all we were all in the the, the pre-festive mood of let's go blazers. Now, let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out at First Colony Mortgage. Hey, I got one more question for you. Sure. What do you got? So do you work with a lemma? I work with a lemma. So a lemma and I kind of work together in Hawaii. So oh, bang. I All was, right. This is another thing. Yeah, Hawaii. I, I was at a local uh, station in Hawaii and they fired me and moved and, and brought in a lemma to replace me. And if you look at a picture of us back then, you'll understand why. Because a lemma... I mean, he looked like a Polynesian king. In yes. fact, his dad played one in the movies, and his dad was revered throughout Hawaii. And Alema replaced me at the TV with Robert K. Kaula, who used to call the uh, the uh, Hawaii games, who just unfortunately passed away uh, this the, a few months ago. But so I didn't really work with Alema, but Alema replaced me at the TV station, uh, and and then I moved on to another TV station and he moved on to another one, but all these years, I, I, you know, we cross paths every now and then, but we, we I don't think we worked together, but it was so funny because it was a couple of years ago. I'm watching a Utah game with, you know, thorough, thorough and this dude. And I go, I know that dude. And then, it, and then they flashed his name. I go, Alema! <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy for him and, and, you know, the, the space that he's carved out for himself and, another guy who was kind of an inspiration, like, Hey man, you can do this. You, you know, you know, and I watched Dilemma do it and I'm like, all right, just be cool and, and be funny and be engaging and, and, and be inclusive and, 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 and welcoming. And those are all the things that I think he, he does uh, for a, for a jazz pregame. And so I, I, I kind of watched him to, to pick up some pointers before I went to do this blazer gig. So give a lemma. How's it for me? Will do. When, when did you first meet him? What was the first meeting like between you and Alema? Well, you know what? It had to be, you know, this had to be, I was in Hawaii from 85 to 2000. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess this was, well, it's going to be whenever he got out of, out of college, I think. I think he, so. Because he was I, at I'm BYU. Nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So he came and then, the, and then he came to the, the station and took my spot and I moved on down the road. Uh, and, uh, so that, that it would be it would be back then. Neither of us had any gray hair. That's I can tell you that's what it was. All right. What were some of the stories that you were coming? Because I talked to Alem about his job in Hawaii, and he was bringing up rollerblading with Cuba Gooding Jr. What oh, kind of go. what kind of things were you getting up to as a sports anchor in Hawaii? Ooh, well, you know, we covered a lot of local sports. That's why 
you know, the, the, to play off that question a little bit, when I got when I got uh, approached by ESPN to to come interview for the job, because um, I didn't apply for the I didn't apply at ESPN. They found somebody found me and said, "Hey, we want to talk to you." And I'm like, "Really? Have you have you seen my work?" So I said, okay. So they flew me back to Bristol and they had me uh, do a test of, uh, you know, like a sports center, like 15 minutes. I was God awful. Oh, because, <laughs> because to your, to your point, and Alema would, would, would second this is in Hawaii, man, we weren't talking about the Phillies and the Mets unless we were talking about Benny Ogbayani playing for the Mets or Shane Victorino playing Shane, for the Phillies. Yep. Flying so Hawaiian. Yeah, but otherwise we had no interest in that game. You know, Mariners, A's, zero interest. Because anybody who wants to see the Mariners A's highlight can watch Sports Center. And in and the three and a half minutes they gave us, we're going to show Nana Cooley and Y and I. And we're going to show Kamehameha and Punahou. And we're going to show long distance canoe paddling video that we got from Tahiti. And we're going to show sumo. And we're not wasting our time with with, you know with with sacramento kings and the you know and the trailblazers fr frankly you know what i mean it's just that's not making the show um and and so when i got back to that espn thing i kicked it i didn't know like i remember seeing juan encarnacion on a shot sheet and i'm like what what is juan what <laughs> i never heard of the guy you know and i mean i just i kicked it so bad oh my god i you know but Fortunately, a year later, they called me back and then I, and I did my homework. I understood, okay, this is how the cow chews the cabbage. I gotta be, I gotta know this. I gotta know this major league stuff and this NHL stuff and uh, stuff that I paid no attention to. So, so it worked out in the end, but I, I, to, to, to your point is we talked about a lot of local stuff. And I think Alema would say the same thing because that's what the people wanted to see. That's what endeared you to the, to the, to the people of Hawaii was to recognize what they were doing uh, on a local level. Were you an MMJ? Did you shoot like the sumo wrestling? Oh, I went there? to Japan and covered sumo. Oh, wow. I went there and hung out with uh, Konishiki and uh, 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 Masashi Maru and Ake Bono. Ake Bono was a grand champion who actually played basketball at Hawaii Pacific University, which is where I was the sports information director. And so I knew him, Chad Rowan was his name, still is his name, but he, then he, you know, he, he, he went over there and became a grand champion and be, and really kind of opened the door. Well, he didn't open the door, but he reached its highest level because uh, uh, Jesse from uh, Maui really opened the door. Konishki followed him and then, and then Akebono came and then Musashimaru. Akebono, Musashimaru and Konishki. That used to be a song. Uh, and so I went over there and I hung out with Kanishki and Masashimaru one night and drinking beers with those guys. Oh my God. I mean, they drank like, they drank like 23 of these and like, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I could keep up with that. No, no, you don't want to, you don't want to. So, uh, no, it was a beautiful experience being in Hawaii that many years and, and, and covering those types of things. It really opens your eyes. I mean, anybody can, can kind of figure out what's going on in a basketball game, but not everybody can figure out you know, who, how, how does this long distance paddling thing work? How does it work? Well, you got, uh, well, in this one particular, we, they flew me to Tahiti and the, and the paddlers went Island to Island, to Island, to Island. And I lived on a boat for a week, just following them around in the morning. I get up, dive into the ocean. That was my shower. And then I would sit there and 
and we we would follow the long distance canoe paddlers and they'd go and then we'd do an interview and and put uh, send it back to the send it back to the mainland so you really reeled back going to espn I with did. what you were doing i did <laughs> i did i didn't even have to work nearly as hard I mean, you know, you when you work in local, you work in local television, man. You're working your tail off. Alemo will tell you that. He, I beg, he never worked harder than he worked in local television because it's like, you can, I mean, I was, fortunately, I never had to, sh I never had to learn how to shoot. I just kind of missed that way because now they make everybody. You got to shoot. You got to set up the interview. You know, look over here if you would please. You know, and uh, you know, the whole deal. So I was fortunate that I was always surrounded by really good, good people that. Uh, could 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 point me in the right direction and then hopefully i wouldn't uh, step on my shoelaces and trip myself well and they still allow you and alema on tv yeah all yeah. these years later yeah <laughs> hold on alema we're gonna hold on for us people us gray hairs neil everett sports center blazers tv on round ball roundup on utahjazz.com neil thank you so much for taking the time rip city baby <laughs>